Hi, I'm Jennifer Kiriakakis, and I am the founder and chief marketing officer of Matrix Software. When you think about what a modern telco is, they have to go to market with a differentiated product. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. And so we're going to be talking about a few things, um, but mainly kind of the new monetization models for the modern telco and what goes into all of that and what sort of exciting things like private networks and you know cloud native infrastructure and that kind of stuff, what we can expect to come out of it. But first, what's an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? Oh, that is a great question. Something that comes to mind and you know, I never I never want to be and I never like to be the only woman in the room. Um, but unfortunately, I think we find ourselves in that situation a lot in the tech world when you're the only or one of few women in the room. Um, and I, I remember being, uh, I was invited to speak at, at, a, at a, um, an event for one of our investors. And it was basically, they had their portfolio companies in, um, specifically their tech portfolio companies in uh, presenting to you know, their investors. Um, and it was one of the situations where I was the only female <laughs> in the whole event. And I think that, you know, learning to like channel that and to use that as your differentiator um, it is, a, is a great thing to be able to harness because I was also, I was lucky, I was early, um, one of the first presenters of the day. I'm the only woman. And I just, I had a lot of people come to me later and tell me, just compliment me or tell me that, you know, it was one of the highlights of the day. And I think that it's just, it, it, it's a good opportunity if you have to be in that situation to embrace the fact that, you know, you're different and use that as a differentiator for everybody else in the room. So, um, so yeah, again, hopefully never in that situation again, but, <laughs> but that's what comes to mind. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and I think it's important for maybe younger women in the industry or, or women who are just coming into tech or another industry where they're outnumbered uh, to just hear things like that, because it can be intimidating to suddenly realize you're the only person who looks like you or who right. is like you in the room and that can throw you off. And that it, presenting is already scary. And if you feel right, like exactly. Yeah. And if you feel like you're presenting to a room full of people who maybe won't see things from your perspective or won't understand what you're trying to say, that can be really intimidating and throw you off. And that's the last thing that you want to do in those situations. So that's a good example of embrace it and use it. Yeah. Embrace it and leverage it. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, they're definitely paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. So I mentioned, um, in my intro, this idea of a modern telco, which was first said to me kind of in email correspondence when we were setting up this episode and we were talking about what we were going to discuss. And the concept of modern telco really has stuck with me since then, because I wanted to ask you, in from your perspective, what does being a modern telco really mean? And what sort of characteristics or considerations are, are we talking about here when we use that phrase? 
Yeah, it's well, think about tacos. I mean, you know, they initially came from a very utility centric business, right? So, I mean, we always laugh about it. For the first hundred years of kind of the, the longest tacos that have been in existence, for the first hundred years of their business, they didn't have to really go out and sell to customers, right? There was no go to market. People came to them. You needed a phone in your house. And then when mobile phones came out, you wanted a mobile phone. Like that's why they called them for the longest time. They called them subscribers instead of customers because they didn't have to go out and sell. So I think, you know, when you think about what a modern telco is, you know, there's, it's different vectors, right? There's the whole aspect of the fact that they have to go to market now with a differentiated product. And they have to figure out how to differentiate it and how to compete um, against other players that might be telcos or might not be telcos, right? So I think there's a big go-to-market um, shift there. Um, there's the whole, of course, digitalization shift in terms of being able to um, market, sell, acquire, and service customers all through digital channels. It's just not something that the telcos have been quick to adapt. Um, so, you know, like, like a lot of the, the hyperscalers do today, right, the entire customer journey should be online. Um, and, and that's a big shift that they're making to be more modern. Um, and then I think the other piece of it is there's, there's a phrase now on telcos turning into tech codes, right? So it's also where they focus their investment because the investment has always traditionally been in the network. Um, but how do you how do you think less or how do you invest less in just that piece of it and invest more in the actual innovative services that ride on that network? So all these other companies for the past 15 years, um, streaming companies, rideshare companies, everybody else invests in the services that they're going to run on the network. The telcos also need to start thinking about how they invest in those those services, that service level as well, too. So that's another piece of being. Um, I think the third leg of being a, a modern telco, a modern telco. <laughs> that was a really great and concise kind of summary of some of the biggest things that telcos are thinking about right now. Uh, so that that was that was great, and I like what you said about you know it's why they're called subscribers and why they weren't really calling them customers until recently. And kind of let's talk about something more specific related to to delivering services services to customers, which is new monetization models and how they're, they're key to modernizing the, tel the telcos, right? So right. tell me more about that. How are operators changing or, or needing to change? Maybe they're not quite doing it yet. <laughs> their commercial offerings as a result of, of 5G and things like that. Yeah, so I think, you know, most of us, all of us are really mobile phone consumers, right? We, we play, we are, the, we are one of their, their customers. Um, but when you think about the move from 4G to 5G, you can't really think about smartphones anymore. Smartphones were really something that were born out of the 4G era. What's going to be born out of the 5G era has nothing to do with the smartphones, right? And it's even, I think we're going to see some interesting consumer devices like AR, VR headsets and things like that, that we know are coming. But really what's happening coming out of 5G is more of um, you know, the whole next wave of, 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 I'll call them IoT devices, although I don't, I don't know that we're gonna end up calling them that, right? But when you think about drones that are gonna be taking in massive amounts of information via video, 
um, and via sensors. And those are gonna be used to drive other industrial activities, whether it's around building a building or some kind of an emergency services. Um, you know, these, there's automated machines and vehicles coming out that um, are so different than the whole first generation of IoT devices that were just kind of transmitting a little bit of data over a wireless network. Um, now you've got machines that are going to have to make split second decisions, and those decisions can help with productivity, efficiency, or potentially safety and security. And so it's not, so you, you got to think about that and what that means to a commercial model, right? So if you have a smart meter that is, you know, basically helping you no longer have to go send people out to read meters, that's great. There's a cost, you know, efficiency gain to that. Um, but it's not really fundamentally changing the business. Whereas some of these devices that are coming out are going to be so valuable because they're going to be wrapped up in how, how much a production line can produce or you know decreasing accidents by you know 89 90% and there's a value to that to that and that's, so they're thinking about how do how do they commercialize that in in the value it's serving to the company versus versus the bytes that it's delivering over that specific piece of connectivity um, and so that's where i think there's a huge change in terms of thinking about commercial offerings so think about like a good example would be FedEx, right? So, you know, when, when you send a package over FedEx, how much that costs you isn't just the weight of the package, right? It's the speed at which it travels, you know, what type of proof of delivery is required, when exactly during the day is it gonna get delivered? So there's a lot of different vectors that figure, that, where you figure out how to commercialize that. And that's basically what 5G is gonna give to the telcos. Yeah, that, that's that's all really interesting. And if we're getting a bit more specific here, how are operators utilizing things like cloud native and agnostic architecture to deliver these services to its customers and, and do it in a way that that's appealing and affordable and all those fun things that consumers care about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cloud native, um, you know, cloud native has a lot to do with efficiency and with economies of scale, right? So, you know, when you do think about, if you just think about smartphones, um, I think the average smartphone consumed about 11 and a half gigabytes of data a month um, last year. That, that's going to increase, you know, four times every year, you know, as going forward, right? So 40 plus gigabytes by 2027 per month. And then you think about all these other um, devices I was talking about coming online. I mean, car, you know, a, a smart vehicle used to consume, I think, eight you know, gigabytes in a month and now it's eight gigabytes an hour, right? I mean, these, these, there's just a crazy amount of, of data that's being consumed. And the problem is, is that before cloud native, telcos essentially had to invest in building out the capacity, the max capacity for any one area that was possible, right? So if, if anybody remembers <laughs> when American Idol first launched, you know, however many, 20 years ago, whatever it was, and they first started doing voting, right? The, the telco systems would fall over. All of a sudden, 30 million people are trying to like send a vote to the same um, text number at, at, this, at, at one time. That was crazy. And so in order to accommodate for things like that or places where there's stadiums, the telcos had to over-invest, you know, and overbuild capacity just to handle that peak load. And that is not the best or most efficient model, right? And now, and even today, when you go into a stadium, you still can't get a good connection, right, on 4G. So what Cloud Native helps them do is actually 
scale up and down network resources based on actual demand, right? So just like people do with any cloud service, you know, being able to, to scale um, the network up when, it, when they need it and back down when they don't need it, Basically, it, it, one, it's a way more cost-efficient model for them to actually be providing network, but two, that ensures a better customer experience, right, for higher bandwidth services. So as these higher bandwidth services come into play, um, you know, consumers are going to be able to consume, you know, no matter where they are, or what they're doing, or, you know, if they're driving in their car or if they're at a stadium, um, you know, they're going to be able to get that better experience every single time. And, you know, it's, it's actually going to be, um, should in the long term, the cost for the consumer should come down, right? Because the, um, the telcos are doing it in a much more efficient way. That's very funny about American Idol. I, is that like something that happens without warning the telcos that it's happening and suddenly <laughs> there's an issue or like, were they made aware of this? Um, I mean, for that specific thing, I don't, I would, I don't know, because it's so it was so long ago, I think the telcos are generally made aware, but they weren't necessarily, if it's never been done before, they just don't, they just didn't know. They don't know how to prepare. They think they're prepared, but it's just, you know, you're, you're only as strong as your weakest link in that, in that scenario. And if you don't have enough capacity, you don't have enough capacity. Um, Whereas that's the beautiful thing about the cloud, right? You start putting um, ran onto the cloud and it, you can auto scale it, right? You're not going to have this problem where you run out of capacity. So that example, we're kind of reminding us all about what happened the first time people were trying to vote for American Idol really points to how far we've come, because I know a huge talking point these days is how well telcos weathered COVID and the changes in, in network usage that COVID, you know, created. And that's so much, (laughs) that's so much more and bigger and, uh, uh, over a longer period of time than just everyone trying to (laughs) send, not not even everyone, just viewers trying to send a text. So 20 years ago. So that's just a, a, a really kind of interesting way of thinking about what they are now capable of and our networks can now do <laughs> compared yeah. to- Well, and again, like they, you know, I think the telcos did a, an amazing job um, for the most part during COVID. And I know a lot of them, um, you know, did very, you know, also were able to respond very com- commercially, very quickly. A lot of our customers were able to commercially, you know, change the way that they charge for data services, give people more allotment than they had for, you know, a temporary a period of time. Um, to help ease that burden. But I think there's also, you know, there's more they can do, right? They weren't, well, I think they were pre- prepared from a network perspective, you know, they weren't fully prepared from a commercial perspective because, you know, you heard all the stories about capacity wars in the house, right? And, you know, if you've got all the kids home doing a virtual school and the parents trying to work, you know, and, you know, the cousins trying to stream a video at the same time, um, how could, you know, there wasn't the ability to kind of prioritize and maybe, you know, change the commercial model and, and help people prioritize um, quality of service for those different types of activities. And, and you know, five years from now when 5G is everywhere um, and people are potentially using it, you know, as fixed wireless access in their homes, there will be the ability to do that and to handle that kind of thing even better from a commercial perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully... We don't have to deal with that anytime soon, <laughs> but it's nice to know that we're better prepared in yes. a number of ways <laughs> if, if we have to. So kind of just uh, finishing up our conversation here, I, I wanted to 
to get your sense of some of the biggest challenges that remain for operators when it comes to monetizing 5G? Because I know we talked a lot about why it's important and how they can do that, but there was also some hint there that it's not easy or maybe they're not doing it as quickly as they should be. Yeah, I mean, when back to thinking about where many of the telcos came from, I mean, when it comes to monetizing 5G, again, there's this huge shift in terms of what am I really monetizing? monetizing. I'm not monetizing pure connectivity anymore. I'm monetizing certain types of services that need different types of um, guarantees around either quality of service or capacity or or um, latency or things like that. So how do I actually commercialize that? And the the systems that you know have been in place, the IT systems, um, some of the network systems that have been in place that do monetization, they were really built around that subscriber model, right? How many minutes am I using? How many megabytes have I used? And that's all they really do. And you can't force that model onto a set of 5G services because then you're just, you're basically not creating, you're not getting any return on your investment on putting the 5G network in, right? I put, the telcos are spending money to put 5G in to be able to create differentiated services. But if you can't charge in a differentiated way, then you can't monetize it. So I think there's a, there is a big cycle going on right now where these existing monetization systems need to be upgraded, rethought um, in order to actually monetize properly. But again, that, that lends itself also to um, you know, commercial thinking challenges, right? It's, there's, there's the technology underneath and then there's, all right, how do our commercial teams, how do our product managers, how do our salespeople think about what they're really going to package and sell and learn to and learn to build the value into the commercial models like a retailer would, right? When you think about, you know, you go to the grocery store and how many different types of, you know, barbecue sauce are there? How many different types of ketchup are there depending on people, so, you know, different people's likes and very sort of so they've done a lot of the retail market's done a ton of work on segmenting the market and creating specific products for specific segments. That has nothing to do with technology. That has to do with how I look at my customer and how I serve, you know, have an offering for every single customer that will serve them the best. And so I think that's the other ch the challenge is learning how to be more like a retailer and, you know, less like a network company. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking to me about this. It's been really great. Thanks, Catherine. It's really great to meet you. Well, Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com.